Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. I pressured you into recording early today. And I said yes. Like, I always say yes to you. I'm so excited. I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese. You're going to have some rat pizza at the Child Casino. Oh, you know what? It's it's not just a Child Casino. It's the adult casino for people like us. Yes. I love Chuck E. Cheese so much. I can't wait to play some skee-ball. Okay. We were just talking about this. I... Skee-ball unlocks a different side of me. (laughs) Skee-ball makes me understand what a problem it would be if I spiraled into gambling addiction. (laughs) Because it is fucking out of hand. I turn into a monster with skee-ball. You know, people talk about they will forsake their own children playing playing fucking Monopoly? Yes. That's me and skee-ball. Fuck my family. Fuck the other patrons of this Chuck E. Cheese. Give me a ball. I'll see you in six hours. You want to hear something truly awful sure um so i tell my kids that it's too hard for them and to play other (laughs) stuff so it opens it up to me yeah you have so many kids that's a factor i don't want to spend my quality (laughs) chuck e cheese time teaching kids not how to like how to roll the ball and not bounce it over like the next five lanes yeah, I have never encouraged my child to um, play skee-ball. I'm not going to flat out prohibit her, but I definitely redirect her because this is my time. You are a better person than I am. <laughs> this is my time to briefly spiral into addiction. Leave me alone. Leave me to it. You don't want to see me like this. No. I don't know. Monster. I do miss the, the tickets, though. Our Chuck E. Cheese yeah, doesn't have tickets. Yeah, now they have them on like, cards. It's not the same. Yeah, it's booty for sure. It is booty. Not the good kind of booty. No. All right. So let's jump into this so I can get my pizza and my gaming on. (laughs) We are going to jump into the bracket. We are narrowing stuff down. So this week we have Oysters Rockefeller versus Coconut Shrimp. Okay. So I did it. As you know. We went out on a date, and when we get there, she says, guess what they have for oys- for appetizers? Oysters Rockefeller. And I'm like, God damn it! is that why you picked this restaurant? It probably <laughs> is. I didn't ask, but it, it probably is. She sent me several menus, and they all showed the appetizer page, and they all had Oysters Rockefeller. And I'm like, hold on. What are you doing? Um, so it turns out she'd never tried it either. So um, this was a joint adventure. Um yeah, it, oysters sure do oyster, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> oysters do oyster, yes. They they sure do. Wow, like a little like a little fish or something, a little goldfish. <laughs> um okay, so I made her go first and like a gentleman she always does and uh watched closely for a reaction. And asked for a recap on the Oysters Rockefeller. And she said the most ominous words, which are, just swallow fast. <gasps> oh, just, no. Just get it in your mouth and just swallow it. Go don't, for don't it. Don't think about it. Don't don't linger. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck me. Um, the topping was quite tasty. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, <laughs> and then the oyster just had to oyster, didn't it? <laughs> So I take it it's not for you. Um, wow, that it, it was a slippery little sucker. It sure was. <laughs> I we didn't finish our oysters. Um, it, there were only like five. Maybe she had two. I don't know. I definitely had one. And then they came and they were like, "Are you done with the oysters?" And she was like, "Yes, this was just research." <laughs> Um, and research it was. Hold on, what is this one up against? Coconut shrimp. 
See, that's a problem because I hate that too. The tendons, um, the tendons, the tendons. God damn it! Don't bring up tendon gate again. This is this is the problem with this bracket. Is I have to pick shit I hate. But you did say like- between like the scampi and the coconut, you chose the coconut, I believe, because the breading masks. Okay, the but flavor. if I chose oysters Rockefeller, it would be because the topping masks the oyster. <laughs> So on this one, it's a tale of two, how can I hide the actual food right. things. Um, but I mean, I do feel like overall, the topping on the oysters is a lot like spinach dip, and I do like that. And, you know, that that trumps some coconut, I guess. So I will have to reluctantly pick the oysters Rockefeller. Wow. I, it's, it's hard, because I really, I don't know what texture I hate more, crunchy sea bugs or slippery little snot balls i don't i don't know (laughs) i think you just broke so many brackets i'm sure i don't know which one of those interiors i hate more but as far as the exterior the topic on the oysters rockefeller is pretty tasty Mm. it's not gonna win i promise you that (laughs) i fucking promise you so anybody who had oysters rockefeller as your winning thing just go get some kleenex with lotion you know, to dry your tears, you deserve Wait, the best. Kleenex yeah. and lotion? No, I mean, if you need to do that to make yourself feel better, you can. I mean, that's what you do when you're making yourself feel better if you're a dude. What are you talking about? Get some Kleenex, Kleenex and some with lotion. lotion in it, you pervert. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's too what early in the morning for this. Like, we're rubbing not, one out I'm, for the Oysters Rockefeller. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not king shaming. I'm not judging. If that will help you, if your bracket just got fucked and you need to do the same, I get it. But I meant, like, for crying. But they say it's an aphrodisiac, right? It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. No. <laughs> I, I want to know more about that. Is that a chemical thing that it's supposed to do? I don't know. Or are you just supposed to get turned on by a little slug in your throat? Because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Okay. I can confidently say she wasn't either. So Fair enough. Well, are you ready to jump into this week's episode? Um, sure. There um, is not going to be a whole lot of laughing, I have to say. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad we got that over with rubbing one out for oysters at the beginning. Yes. Um, They're crying. We're laughing. Now let's move on and cry together. Let's cry together. So this episode was recommended by Danielle Luna, who got to choose my future episode after winning bingo at our Patreon Halloween party. So... No time like the present. Let's get into it. She gave me three suggestions, um, but this one I have been wanting to do for a really long time. Um, It's the Surfside Condominium Collapse. Yeah, I know exactly how long you've been wanting to do that. (laughs) It's fucking time stamped in my brain. Um, I had just delivered Baby Squonk and Mm -hmm. I was up super fucking late nursing and i was messaging you because you were a vampire i had my ringer turned on in case you got lonely while you were nursing it was the sweetest thing i I think i talked to you more than my husband when i was in the hospital (laughs) (laughs) as you should so i went back through that old messenger thread um which took forever to go back a year we talk a lot we you just scrolled yeah, for a long time until I realized I could search bar stuff, like search and conversation. Long did you scroll? I spent a good 30 minutes before I realized there was an easier way. <laughs> I bet you went 30 minutes and you probably weren't out of this month. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It was bad. Okay. It was bad. <clears throat> yeah, that is pretty bad. Um, but it was it was really cool going back through the messages. I was telling you last night. I was like, oh, it just <laughs> it made me so happy. Um Yeah, so we Basically, it went through like the post C section walk um, to catheter removal talk. And then, literally, <laughs> like the next thing is like, I sent you a screenshot of the collapse. Like, and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's nuts. And then, so 
we spent like the next like half an hour like researching it as it was unfolding. It was it was really cool. So we talked about whether it was a sinkhole, whether it was, you know, construction malfunction. Finally come to fruition. It's finally come to fruition. So a lot of the information I got on the construction of the Champlain Towers in Surfside came from a long-form article by the New York Times called They Were Bullies Inside the Turbulent Origins of a Collapsed Florida Condo. Um, God, I love a long-form article. Uh, it's it's so good. Um, I'm going to try not to take too much stuff. It's juicy. It will be posted in our notes. There's a peeping Tom in there, all sorts of stuff. So read it if you want to. The Champlain Towers was a residential condominium in Surfside, Florida, and it consisted of three L-shaped structures. Champlain Towers North and South were constructed in the early 1980s, with Champlain Tower East being built between the original pair and completed in 1994. To say that the construction of the first two towers went off without a hitch would be an absolute lie. When permits were first filed for the towers, Surfside actually had a suspension on any new developments because water and sewer infrastructure problems in the town. So it was it was absolute mess. But the Champlain Tower developers had a solution. They would fork over $200,000 adjusted for inflation, just over 817000 to help pay for half of the much-needed infrastructure updates. Easy peasy. But this wouldn't be the last time developers would throw money at whatever roadblock they faced. They made several presumably illegal under-the-table political con- contributions, and they also wine and dined officials in order to get building permits done faster. As soon as construction began, so did the problems. On June 9th, 1980, a crane used in the construction of the towers collapsed. I will post a YouTube link to this footage. Um, this thing is wrecked. It's, it's the metal's all twisted and bent and like the truck is like just kind of like shooting up in the air, like the truck part of the crane. Oh my God. A week later, $10,000 in wood had been stolen from the site, but they kept on a trucking. And in August of 1980, while construction was well underway, the developers had a brilliant idea. Let's make these towers even bigger. Well, what could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? I mean, but I mean, you just have to pencil it in, right? <laughs> They're almost sure. done. I mean, it's just like Legos. It's a bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off for them. It's just like Legos. We're just gonna we're just gonna put one more floor on. It's no mm-hmm. biggie. It's fine. The Champlain Towers were supposed to be luxurious, so. You know, they realized that last minute they're going to need some penthouse floors. Oh. Mm-hmm. Despite okay. the initial pushback on adding another floor to the towers, it was ultimately approved on November of 1980. But not so fast. Two weeks later, their permits were revoked, citing a violation that they exceeded the town's legal height ordinance. But the developers had almost completed the additions by the time, um, by this time. So the town commission ultimately voted to allow the penthouses to move forward in order to avoid a potential lawsuit by the developers if they like turn around and made them demolish the work that they had already done. Like they were kind of between like a rock and a hard place. Former town commissioner Frank Filiberto said, If they are that overt in violating the height orders, think about all the little intricacies that go into building the building. Mm -hmm. On October 8th, 2018, two years before the tower's mandatory 40-year structural review, a structural engineering report was provided to the Champlain Towers Condominium Association. I've also linked this report in our show notes, too, if anyone's um, interested in reading it in its entirety. So this came out in 2018. So it has all the pictures on the report, too, of things that need to be fixed. The report found, amongst plenty other things, quote, major structural damage to concrete structural slab below the pool deck caused by waterproofing that was, quote, beyond useful life and needed a complete replacement. 
Failure to replace the waterproofing in the near future will cause the extent of the concrete deterioration to expand exponentially. So this is really fucking terrifying. So the pool deck, it sits on the same slab, the foundation that this building's on. This is terrifying. So they're basically saying like, hey, like the concrete on the slab where this pool is, is like deteriorating. You're not putting two two and two together that like, they're sh- they're sharing the same space. Yeah. It's not good. No. Also scary is how this report was handled. Five weeks later, on November 15th, 2018, a board meeting of the Champlain Tower South Condominium Association met with the Champlain residents to go over the report. Building official Ross Prito reviewed the report and the meet and the meeting minutes said, quote, it appears the building is in very good shape. Does it, though? <laughs> Resident Susanna Alvarez attended the meeting. She said, we sat there with the town of Surfside, and the town of Surfside said to us that the building was not in bad shape, that the building was not in bad shape. That is what they said, okay? But three years later, in April of 2021, the Champlain Tower South Condominium Association could no longer sweep the building's deteriorating condition under the rug. President of the Board of Directors for the condo, Jean Wadnicki, sent a letter to residents of the Champlain Towers. It's super long, um, so I will just kind of highlight some of the parts that are in there. In the letter, Jean writes about the worsening condition of the building. Quote, the concrete deterioration is accelerating. The observable damage, such as the garage, has gotten significantly worse since the initial inspection. When you can visually see the concrete spalling, cracking, that means that the rebar holding it together is rusting and deteriorating beneath the surface. And what I think in a very ballsy statement, she writes, A lot of this work could have been done or planned for in years gone by, but this is where we are at now. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. Just just putting it out there. Yep. So then she basically lays out that like fixing all these major issues is going to cost over $16 million. She closes the letter with, for those who believe we are assessing too much, this shows that we are actually under assessing a bit, according to our estimates. For those who wanted to understand what we are doing with current funds, hopefully this is clear now. For everyone, I acknowledge that we are talking about a huge project and a very large assessment. Your board of directors is working very hard to bring this project to fruition. We have consulted with our professionals, engineers, CPA, and attorneys with regard to what needs to be repaired and how much it will cost and how to finance it. We will continue to do so moving forward. There are many moving parts to this project. We have covered so much ground already to get the project rolling. It's not surprising everyone is still asking about those items. Everything reviewed in this letter has been publicly presented, discussed, and voted on as necessary. In this last part, we have discussed, debated, and argued for years now, and will will continue to do so for years to come as different (laughs) items come into play. You're just putting your dirty laundry right out it's there. It's so fucking messy. So messy. Wow. This is. Imagine living there and getting this message. I wonder if they had a Facebook group. I don't know. Hmm. Jesus. Okay. So residents ultimately were on the hook for $9 million of these repairs. <laughs> oh, that's fine. It's fine. $80,000 for repairs would be owed for residents with a one bedroom unit, all the way up to $330,000. For people that have the penthouse. This was to... Yeah. I would be so pissed. Like... Okay. Jesus Christ. It's not like how this works. mm Mm-mm. So this was to be paid all at once or installments with their first deadline for payment on July 1st. A deadline that would never come. Oof. Shit. This is insane. In this story. Insane. So. Oh, my God. We were like, I mean, we were following it, but just to do a real big deep dive into yeah. it. Fucking nuts. It's so nuts. Resident Susanna Alvarez, who had attended the board meeting about the conditions of the condominium, was sleeping on June 24th when she was awakened by the sound of a tremor. 
Her bed began to shake, quote, like I was on a ride. Susanna said, nope. Susanna said the bed was shaking, my balcony doors open, and it felt like the longest thunder I have ever heard in my life. Another resident, Barry Cohen, was also awakened by what he thought was a storm. He said, I was in a deep sleep and I heard what I thought was a crash of lightning, but the crashing noise didn't stop. And it just... Lightning isn't a sound, sir. Hold on. A crash of lightning? That's not a thing. That's his quote. Okay, well, he's silly. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Barry. You're silly. (laughs) (laughs) But the crashing noise didn't stop. And it just kept going and going and going for, I'd say, 20 or 30 seconds. Barry. (laughs) (laughs) You rascal. I thought you were yelling at me for a second. I'm like, he said it, not me. He's he's the silly goose here. Go on and get in the pond, Barry. Okay, so Barry is like the cutest ever. His voice, he has like Josh Gad voice. So when he's like doing these interviews, like all I can think of is um what's his nuts? From Frozen. This what's the fucking snowman's name? Olaf. Olaf. He just sounds like Olaf. So like he's talking about these and I'm like it's it's like Olaf is Talking about some disaster. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, they sound exactly alike. Pixar hit us up for a collab if you would like to do that. Like how uh, Olaf did that whole thing where he summarized all the other Disney movies real quick. We could do that with disaster. Yes. Let's put our heads together. Disney disaster primers. Yeah, I guess that isn't Pixar, is it? Yeah. No, just Disney. All right. Come on. I don't know. I think Disney might hate us a little bit, though. Well, I mean... If people would stop dying in their parks, I would stop talking about it. <laughs> come at me, Disney. Don't. Please don't. Don't. Fucking don't, don't come at me, Disney. I didn't mean it. I did not mean that. Okay, continue. <laughs> when Susanna ran into her living room, she saw a crack, quote, snaking its way down the wall. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No snaking. No snaking. She said, when I see that, something inside of me said run because the building will collapse. Racing barefoot out of her apartment, she passed gaping holes where the elevators used to be. <gasps> oh my god. Isn't that fucking terrifying? Okay, this is escalating quickly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. She said, I start going down fast and I hear crack, crack, crack. I start to scream, come on, God, I want to see my son. I want to see my grandson. Don't let me die in this condition. The sound of thunder grew louder, and when Susanna finally made it to the ground floor, she had to climb over several crumbled walls just to make it out. She would be the first resident to make it out safely. She could see through the plumes of dust that, quote, the building was missing. All I could hear were the people screaming. They were screaming, help, someone help us. Oh, shit. Oh, this is such a heavy episode. This is... Wow. Wow. Barry Cohen and his wife also raced out of their apartment after seeing dust pluming around their balcony. They raced down a stairwell, but when they got to the ground floor, the door wouldn't budge. Frantic, they raced down to another lower level where the parking garage was. Dust and smoke was everywhere. Water was pouring into the garage from broken pipes, flooding the area up to the couple's shins. Barry told his wife, we got to get out of here. We can drown here. Mm. So they did the only other thing that they could do. They returned to their apartment. He said, can you imagine like you like going back up? Like you you see all this and that's that's your last. It was a whole ass masterpiece, by the way. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I really like this part. And, And just. Imagine this. Imagine this in Olaf's voice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can you do some interpretive dance too? Um, I mean, I always sway when I'm recording anyways. It's a good thing I'm not like, there's not a camera on me. It would be so weird for everyone to watch. <laughs> All right. So Barry in the Olaf voice, he said, okay. like the saying is, what are the things you take with you? And when you have to get out of a building, you take your underwear. 
What? No, that's not. That's not how that goes. Mm-hmm. No. You take your clothes. You don't take anything else. You get what you can get. No one ever said your underwear were supposed to be a priority. That's just you, Barry. Barry. Barry you said silly goose. he wants his underwear. Okay. So the couple. I mean, are, they, are they expensive underwear? I don't know. Do expensive okay. underwear exist? I mean, I wear fairly expensive underwear, and I would still leave them the fuck behind. What's expensive? I mean, you know what? I don't feel like I want to admit that. (laughs) What is an acceptable price to pay for a pair of underwear? I want to know. How much do you pay for your chonies, Brianne? Too much. (laughs) Too fucking much. Really? Never less than $20 a pair. You got a little bougie butt. Often more, (laughs) never less. So Barry and his wife, they waited on their balcony until finally the Miami-Dade Fire Department rescued them. 15-year-old Jonah Handler and his mother, Stacy Fang, were startled by a noise at the beginning of the condo collapse. They met on their balcony to investigate the noise, but when they didn't notice anything out of the ordinary, the pair returned to Jonah's room. Seven minutes later, their 10-story apartment collapsed to the ground below, the floors falling on top of each other like a stack of pancakes. A a slab of concrete fell six inches above Jonah's head, creating a pocket for him. And despite the fall, he was still holding hands with his mother. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. Quote, the crush of the rock had locked them together. A man who had been walking his dog heard a voice in the rubble. In flip-flops, he climbed over broken glass and rebar to find Jonah's hand waving from the debris. The passerby raced for help. He notified a cop about the survivor he had just found, and then the officer immediately notified a my da- nope, my dammy. <laughs> Maybe on that day. Maybe on that day. He immediately notified Miami-Dade Fire Rescue Special Ops Team known as the squad. The firemen said there was a lot of, don't worry, a lot of, they're going to get you out. It wasn't Stacy that was reassuring Jonah. It was Jonah that was reassuring Stacy. Jonah's dramatic rescue uh, was caught on camera and immediately went viral. The firemen pulled Jonah up from his armpits and slumped him over his shoulder. As he was removed, Jonah called out to his mother, bye mom, I love you mom. Stacy was pulled from the wreckage. Yeah, I'm going to sprain my fingers putting content warnings on this. Yeah, there's a lot on here. Stacy was pulled from the wreckage next and was taken to Aventura Hospital and Medical Center, but sadly, she would succumb to her injuries from the collapse. Stacy Fang would be the first victim of the Surfside condo collapse to be identified. Jonah would be one of only three people that survived the collapse portion of the Ch- Champlain Towers. By the end of the day, at least 35 people were rescued, but up to 159 people were still unaccounted for. Search efforts continued around the clock until rescuers hit a roadblock on June 26th. There was a fire beneath the collapsed building, and they were having trouble finding it. There's a fu- Did you know that? I did not know. I did not hear about this. There was a full-on no. fucking fire, like, in under the collapse. God, that's spooky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at this time, they're like, they still believe there are many survivors. And then you have this. Yeah. It's insane. Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava said, it's a very deep fire. It's extremely difficult to locate the source of the fire. So they've been working around the clock. These fire rescue teams, these brave men and women under the rubble to fix the problem so they can get on, but it's hampering our search efforts. Smoke from the fire spread laterally throughout the pile, making it difficult to isolate the source and stop it. But by nightfall, the fire was contained and searches continued. The mayor said, quote, we swept the pile with canines. We try to minimize the heavy equipment and we continue to use sonar and cameras. We're continuing to focus on the grid approach to the pile. Our top priority continues to be search and rescue and saving any lives we can. Hmm. The same day, the mayor also ordered a media audit of all high-rise buildings in Miami-Dade County 
older than 40 years and taller than five stories. And all of those built by the same developer of the Champlain Towers condominium complex. A voluntary evacuation was given to the other Champlain Towers north and east for any resident that felt uncomfortable staying in their homes, especially given that it's built by the same people. I mean, what would you do? I'd fucking leave. Oh, absolutely. I'd be out of there if I had the means to be. Honestly, I'm surprised it was voluntary. I would have been like, yeah. everybody out. Yeah. Out. Um, But, you know, like, I'd rather do too much than too little, you oh, know. Yeah. Over the next several days, more and more bodies were recovered, but there was still 121 people that remain unaccounted for. Oh, this one is fucking... Uh. All right. The family of missing couple, Arnie and Miriam Notkin, waited anxiously for news of the fate of their loved ones. And they started receiving calls from the couple's apartment landline one night. What? 16 calls. What the fuck? To their phone. How? Why? Nobody knows why. What the fuck? The couple's grandson, Jake Samuelson, said... We were all sitting there in the living room, my whole family. We were just shocked. And we kind of thought nothing of it because we answered and it was static. Calls back to the landline ended in static or a business signal. Jake said every call has been stressful. Well, yeah. Yeah. Officials focused search efforts on Arnie's and Miriam's apartment to no avail. Quote, rescuers exhausted all of our resource trying to verify whether the two were still alive but picked up no signs of life in the area where they believe their apartment may have collapsed. Later, Arnie and Miriam would be identified as victims of the collapse. Oh my God. I wonder if they were able to tell like an estimated time of death and whether that could have been them. Yeah. So would you want to know though? I, d I, don't, know. I don't think it, you know, because I was going, sometimes I'll read these articles and I'll go through like the comment sections and which can be a very dangerous place, especially oh, with that, stuff like this, you know. Yeah, way to lose your faith in humanity. That's, right. That's how you do it. But the comment section under several of the articles about these fandom calls were really surprising to me and, and quite beautiful, like it, in my really? opinion, where um, they were like, they're trying to say goodbye. You know, it's like a message oh. almost, you know. Yeah. Um, and I love I, I love that. I think that's quite beautiful. Um, yeah. I have I talked about when my brother passed away at all on here. I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know what specifically, specific but yeah, you've talked about it. I, and this is bananas. So the night my brother passed, I was in bed and someone ran into my room. Like, like, oh, a, no, you did talk about yeah, thing. like a scary run. And it woke both me and Cody up. Um, or I probably wouldn't tell this because I, I don't want to sound crazy. And I thought it was the kids. And I was like, go I did a whole episode about hat man. <laughs> yeah. But it woke us both up. And I said, what are you doing? Like, go back to bed. But then I looked yeah. and nobody was there. Nobody mm -hmm. was there. And 30 minutes later, it was, I think I say it was like 30 minutes later, uh, I get a phone call that my brother had passed and I fucking swear it was him. I swear it was him. Oh, I would, I, would, I mean, I do believe that it was. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I would want to know about the phone calls or, yeah, I don't know, especially if I believe that, you know, it's just them saying goodbye. Yeah. I, I feel like it could make it worse to know that that really was them alive and trying to call and it was too late. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to live with that knowledge. No. Not that it's anybody's fault, but. Right. I mean, obviously it's the developer's fault, but not that it's the family's fault. I just, I would have a hard time. Yeah. With that fact. Despite so many people unaccounted for, and listen, I realize at this point it's essentially a recovery mission, even though they haven't like officially announced it. But on July 4th, officials announced that they would demolish the remaining portion of the Champlain Tower South condo due to the arrival of Tropical Storm Elsa. So they've got this storm coming in and they're like, shit, like this could be bad. So we're just going to demolish the rest. But they're still searching for people like it's it's still a rescue mission. It, 
like people could still be alive and they're demolishing the building? Yes. That's not okay. No. What? Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, but people were not only upset that it may interfere with possible rescues of survivors alone, period. Um, there was also a number of pets who were left in the building when it collapsed, Aww. and owners desperately wanted to recover them. In all, six cats, two dogs, two parakeets, and two guinea pigs were reportedly left inside the building. Officials for more than a week said it was not possible to look for pets because it was too dangerous for first responders to enter the unstable structure. But when there was an outcry that pets should be located, officials, they kind of fucking backpedaled. The ma- really? Yep. The mayor said prior to the demolition that she uh, had made it, quote, a priority since day one to do absolutely everything possible to search for every animal. I was, inf- I, mm-hmm. I was informed this morning that they did a sweep with cameras and found no animals at this time. We took every action that we possibly could to search for any pets, any animals in the building prior to the demolition. In the days since the collapse, the Miami-Dade Fire Rescue Team conducted multiple full sweeps of the building in person, including searching closets and under beds and other hiding places. In the areas of the building that were not accessible to the teams, they used ladders on high lift cranes and they placed live animal traps on balconies at great personal risk to our first responders. Suzanne Alvarez, um, the first who escaped the collapse, she wasn't buying it. She had left her cat Mia behind when she had raced to safety. She said, I do not believe a word that was said about the pets. If Jones went in there like they claim, let's see the video. I want to see the video of the drone going into my apartment looking for my cat. Hmm. If they, they're saying they have footage. Show us the proof. Yeah. The pushback was enough for one firefighter to allegedly volunteer to make one last sweep just hours before the demolition. Officials praised the heroic firefighter's efforts the day following the demolition, even though no pets were recovered during his mission. But people had questions. Who was this heroic firefighter that risked his life for the sake of fur babies? News media tried in vain for weeks to secure an interview with this firefighter, only to be told by officials that he was just too shy to talk. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's too shy. Come the fuck on. He's too shy. (laughs) I mean, listen, I am... Personally, more sympathetic than most people probably would be to the we just can't go in after pets line. Right. But come on. Mm-hmm. He's too shock off. Yep. But then they later claimed that they simply didn't know his identity. He, oh, we don't know her. He's a firefighter. <laughs> right? You're, okay. Okay. But listen, so this totally happened, right? This guy, this this hero went in for these Super pets. Happened. It so happened. He probably took his Canadian girlfriend in with him. <laughs> Just a team back to back with their guns drawn. Yep. Quote, despite official statements and an in-depth review of more than a thousand pages of documents, photographs, and drone logs obtained via public records request reflected no pet rescue efforts after the date of the initial collapse. Wow. Mm -hmm. The Gonzalez family had two dogs named Honesty and Daisy and two cats named Hippo and Binks. What makes you name your dog Honesty, do you think? I don't know. Like, are you just like, this dog has never lied to me, this puppy. (laughs) I'm going to name it Honesty because that embodies its personality. That's a cool name regardless, but I... I I just want to know the backstory. I know. So... When the condo collapsed, 16-year-old Devin and her mother, Angela, were rescued, but tragically, the father, Edgar, did not survive. Another daughter, Taylor, who had just left the building two hours before the collapse, became the primary caregiver to her mother and sister while they recovered from their very serious injuries. They had lost so much, but two weeks after the collapse, there was a little glimmer of hope. A volunteer near the site of the class was feeding stray cats when she recognized one from a missing poster. The Kitty Campus, a local animal shelter, had posted flyers on their website seeking information about the family's missing pets. Kitty Campus shared a Facebook post saying in part that 
Officer Mary with MBAA reached out to us and told us that FEMA had a kitty that they believed to be Binks missing from number 904. She asked if we could pick it up and keep it safe and help identify it. We agreed. An urgent alert went out to our private groups and Kitty Campus volunteered immediately, jumped into action and was escorted by a police to retrieve the kitty. By midnight, Binks was talking away in his new short-term housing at the Kitty Campus. He nibbled on wet kitten food and was happy to receive hugs and pets. The following morning, Friday, July 8th, Taylor Gonzalez came to Kitty Campus accompanied by first responders from all over to see if the black cat we had was indeed the Gonzalez family Binks. As you all know, I wouldn't know if it was a black cat. I don't know. (laughs) As you all know, the positive ID was made and that cat was returned to the family who has already lost so much. Taylor would later share that, quote, we already had a feeling that one of our animals were to make it. It would be him. I'm happy. It's been a very long journey in the past two weeks. Hmm. That would, I don't know. Like, I just thought that was so sweet. Like something, anything, you know, just to cushion it, you know? Yeah. Any good news out of this? Any, yeah. After the controlled demolition of Champlain South was completed, the death toll continued to rise to 36, with 109 people still considered missing. The following day, on July 7, 2021, authorities officially shifted from search and rescue to search and recover, which lasted until July 26, when the last person was identified. 50-year-old Estelle Hidea would be the 98th victim of the Champlain Tower South collapse, making it the worst, one of the worst structural disasters in United States history. Wow. 98 people. God, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So they did end up identifying everyone who was missing? They did, yes. Wow, I'm really surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Although delayed maintenance, including that of the pool and structural inadequacies, are initially thought to be the cause of the collapse, it is still under investigation, and it could po- potentially take a couple years. These things take a long time. Yeah. Quote, there are six different investigative teams looking into the collapse. Those teams have been using a drone and sensor data to narrow down signs of structural failure and to confirm if, in fact, the soil, underground rock, or vibrations from construction of the tower next to the one that collapsed played a role. In May of this year, 2022, just under a year from the anniversary, so it hasn't even been a year yet, the site was put up for auction. They're just going to auction it off. That's gross. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is going to buy that? Oh, here we go. Oh, God. Okay. The one-point-acre property was sold to lone bidder Hussein Shijawani, the owner of Damak Properties, for $120 million. In a press release on May 27, Hussein said that he plans to, quote, build an ex- ultra luxurious condominium no mention of the disaster or the victims all fuck no mention of them in his statement just ew we're just gonna build something fancy the day mm -hmm, the day after the property was sold a florida judge approved a settlement of more than one billion dollars to families who lost loved ones in the collapse The settlement came as families of victims reached an agreement to avoid long court battles. The settlement would be paid in part by insurance companies, engineering companies, and the $120 million um, that was paid for for the property. But some family members of victims were not happy that the property was purchased to to throw up another condo. Yeah. Martin Langsville, who lost his sister, Nicole, and her husband, Luis uh, Sotovonic, um, they had just moved into the apartment on the eighth floor of the tower just literally a few months before the collapse. Mm. He said, after such a horrific tragedy, the only right thing to do for the honor of those who no longer have a voice is to respect them with a memorial on a site where they died not one inch away. How is it possible that another building could go up in a place where we do not know why one fell? Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. Mm -hmm. And that is the 
ultra-terrible story of the Surfside Collapse. Oh my god, that was ultra-terrible, but I was on the edge of my seat this whole time. That was an amazing episode. I can't wait until, like, the reports come out on this. Yeah. I mean... That is definitely a new favorite of, of the episodes you've done. Uh, I love that one. It was rough. I had to take a couple breaks on this, but... Oh, oh I'm sure. Danielle, wonderful su- suggestion. It, like, I, I'm... It made me move ahead and go ahead and do this. You know, I plan on waiting a little bit longer, but fuck. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, we need some disaster relief. Yeah, I'd say so. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I can go first. Um, and then that way I can rest my voice a little bit. <laughs> um, do you know Monsters High is back? Did adults ever um, get into that? No, but I'm really surprised. I bet she will soon if she, yeah. No. So Ava was real big into Monsters High. Like, you know, when she was little, you know, her birthday's around Christmas. Like, she had, like, spooky Halloween-themed birthday parties. Like, it was always her jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And she loved it. And they used to have these, they were, like, $5 for, like, a little Monster High doll. And... She would use them in the bath. Like, that was, like, her bath toy. And you, when they're little, you just kind of throw them all in there together, right? Um, yeah. Abby was tiny, teeny tiny, and pooped. And uh, and so we had to get rid of them. Well, immediately, Monsters High was discontinued. And uh, this is... Ava's been talking about these toys forever. You, you can't get them. You can't replace them. And she's just very, very sad. You know, she, she realizes it's not anybody's fault, but... She missed it. Yeah. Well, then I just went to Walmart the other day and I saw they had Monster High doll. And I'm like, that's really weird because it's been discontinued since 2018. They fucking brought it out. There's a new animated series on Nickelodeon. It is so cute. We watched all three episodes. There is a movie. They have a full live action movie. It's so adorable. I mean, it is a little bit cheesy, but like just the cast and it is so great and I don't know. I just loved it and we're really excited about it. And now I'm glad that, um, you know, I can, well, maybe Santa can replace some things. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's super wholesome. I love that. What's yours? Um, I'm going to go with something that I think I've done before, but I'm going to do it in a different context, which is Encanto. Or is it Encanto? I don't know. Which is? I don't know. Let's say Encanto. We're white. Um, I obviously saw it when it came out. You know, I've got a kid at the right age, and it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, so, you know, doesn't matter about the kid. I'm going to watch it 700 times. But, um, you know, the whole theme of it is intergenerational trauma and family healing and, you know, people who all had good intentions but didn't talk to each other and people get made into villains when nobody really is and all this stuff. There are a lot of themes like this going on in my family. There are some people reconnecting that haven't, some very deep trauma getting addressed and healed. And I love it. Love to see it. It's beautiful. And I watched um, Encanto with my mom and her best friend and Adelaide the other day. And we talked um, about it and we were like, oh, this one's like you and this one's like you and this is like Uh, that situation. Like, we unpacked it, the whole movie, and after. Um, my mom had never seen it, and I felt like this was a very important time in life for her to see it. And I was, like, I've been trying to make plans with her to watch this for, like, three or four weeks. And, you know, every weekend we both have a lot going on. This one I was like, sit down. <laughs> We're watching this movie. It's it's an emergency. You have to see it. And she did. And, you know, this ended with us talking to Adelaide about a lot of family history. You know, it's her family history, too, giving her some age-appropriate context for things that are going on, um, why certain people have come into our lives suddenly, you know, what what it all means, and, you know, drawing parallels with uh, the movie and everything. And, you know, now I can send my mom all my Encanto memes. So, and there are a lot. So it was awesome. It, I've wanted to do that for a while. It was everything that I had hoped. And man, that movie holds up. And God, it's so it's good. It's so good. I love watching my favorite movies with somebody who it's their first time. Yes, I know. 
I know. And it was a very meaningful time for her to have that exposure to it. And, you know, it, it opened up a lot of conversations with Adelaide too. So I'm really glad that we made time for that. And, uh, it was, it was a good, good moment for our family. Oh, I love that. We both had movies this week. I know. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. We do have a um, couple of Patreons, but first, um, Patreon that I had last week, I mispronounced her name, and I am so sorry. Um, she sent me a letter, and she said I was one of the only people to get her last name right, um, but the way her na- name is pronounced is actually like banana, so Alana Delgado. <laughs> sorry for messing that up but thank you for letting me so i know so i could fix it yes we appreciate you so this week our new patrons are camelita halapa i believe jl j-a-l-a-p-a uh let me know if i got that right if i did not i will fix it next week uh your buddy is going to be grace keller then we also have lucky Again, I don't dox people, so if you want to give me <laughs> something else, I can fix that, too. Um, and your buddy is going to be Chris Harriman. I know her. Do you? <laughs> I sure do. I didn't I didn't know that until you told me that just now. Okay. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon. Go donate food. Go donate out blood. Go... What? I said donut. Donut. I have donuts on my brain. Donate a donut to me, please. <laughs> she needs it. Need she will it. take it with her to the child rat casino. Oh, gosh. You remember when someone sent me, um, why is my brain stopping? <laughs> What's the good donut place that I don't have? Timbits. Timbits. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Oh, those were so good. Yeah, I will take donuts. If you want to send me donuts, donate yeah. donuts, I will take them. Um, donate them to Melanie. Yes, but thank you so much. And until next time, sweet dreams or no dreams. Sweet dreams or no dreams. Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.